You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 120. Today, my guest is Kyle, and he's from Soul Gazing Photography. And today, we're going to talk about how to shoot professional-looking photos from your smartphone. I'm really looking forward to this. So welcome, Kyle. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you for having me on. So what's the two-minute story about you, Kyle, and why should we listen to you about smartphones and photography? So two-minute story of me, I, I got into photography a little while coming out of school and basically how I got into photography was from a smartphone. So I was using my phone to take photographs. I didn't know why, but I just had this persistent passion just to take photographs and, and I would just look at light or I'd look at subjects or people moving across the street and I'd just be drawn to take these photographs. It was like this bug that caught me, you know, this caught a hold of me. And so from that, family and friends started instilling belief in me that I could go and do this as a career and laughed it off at first and thought, what do you mean? And then on the west coast of Ireland in a cold and blistering day, I had my stepfather say to me, you know, why don't you do this as a career? And I laughed at him and then you know, I said, what do you mean? And he said, no, like your uncle. And then I remembered that my uncle was a professional photographer. He worked on jobs with NRMA, Commonwealth Bank, and he worked with the Qantas Wallabies. And so I came back to Sydney and I went in, enrolled in the course that he did 20 years earlier, got my diploma of photo imaging. And then I assisted him and I was there assisting him on jobs with NRMA Commonwealth and Qantas Wallabies and all these different sort of gigs, which blew me away of what photography really was and what it meant and the different fields you can get into. So those businesses that you're speaking about, the Qantas Wallabies for our overseas audience, they are our local rugby team, Australian rugby team, and some of the others are just A-class corporate businesses. Very high-end photography, so well done. So when you were doing that, obviously you weren't using an iPhone, you did progress to a, a digital SLR, I suppose. Straight off the bat, that was just out of my diploma. And so I obviously had to get some years behind me and perfect to work for an assistant. So I was assisting him with his photography. So he was obviously the head photographer in those situations. But just being there and being able to see this is a $2 million budget for this advertising campaign. And there's eight art directors or advertising directors there that are all hovering around him. And then he's got his team that are looking at every little intricate detail. So being able to see that and see it live and see one of the people was just there editing the images and just see how incredibly mass produced you can have a setting and a shoot done. It was just, it was, it was powerful, it was inspiring. And I think it really showed me the relationships and the connections and, and all the things that go into play to actually get in that shoot done. It's not as easy as just taking a snap. But I mean, what we're going to talk about today is going to make it easier for listeners. Wow, that does sound like it was almost a very exciting apprenticeship to getting into doing photography. So yes, as we did say in the beginning, we are going to make it easy for our listeners to take their own shots and to do it with some of that professional touch. Okay, so what would be some tips for us small businesses to be getting those professional looking photos from our iPhone? One of the first things that I would say is that you want to start training your eye. They say some photographers just have an eye or they're born with an eye and some photographers are born with an eye. Like some artists are born with an eye of how they look at the world. 
But I think what you want to start doing, and it obviously depends on what job it is. If you're just shooting products at home, it's different compared to if you need to update your Instagram daily with content about your products or services being used in the field with clients. In that setting, you really want to work on your eye and how you see the world and how you see composition, how you see light, how you see contrast of colors and different elements that add to a powerful image. That's one of the things you want to start with is just start training your eye. And different ways you can do that is actually looking through photography books, looking through photography portfolios and kind of seeing why this image was chosen. An awesome way that photographers have actually learned is actually looking at the negative The back in the film days, looking at all the images that didn't make it to development so that you could actually see, all right, what were the images that weren't good enough? And it was literally just a split second away from being good enough. Training the eye is definitely an important element of it because you you want to be able to see like a photographer and what you're basically teaching yourself is to show the world the beauty in your image and there can be beauty in terrible things or beauty in pretty basic things and you're trying to show that beauty so that you can actually grab attention with your images and you want that person that's scrolling to be able to pause for just a second to be invited visually into your content and into the value that you're trying to provide. Perfect. So what about rule of thirds? They always used to say rule of thirds was the way to go. So if you cut your thing up into three, that you should have the person in one third and then the background or what they're looking at in two thirds or the person taking up two thirds and the image to be the the last third. So what do you think about rule of thirds? It works. And I think it's finding what works where. So going through all of these things, there's even something called the Fibonacci sequence and that apparently shows up in nature and all sorts of different elements. With the rule of thirds, yeah, it's a very simple application and it really does work when you're taking portraits, environmental portraits in particular. But with all these rules, the first thing to do is to learn them and then work out when you can break them. I think that's the important thing because you can use rule of thirds and it can be great but then after a while maybe it's it's very static and you're not getting your creative muscle working it's like anything you know you got to get uncomfortable with it uncomfortable with the rules that you've learned so that you can actually create something better but rule of thirds are great because yeah like you said you, the image is broken up into nine squares nine boxes so you've got three on the right side three on the left side and three in the center and those lines that are in the middle box and the outer box that's where you want to put your subject. So if you can get, cut your subject perfectly down the middle of the nose, one eye either side of the box, that's going to create a bit of interest. But you've also got to think about what's in the background because as the background's really bright, your eye is going to be drawn to the lightest part of the image. So you've got to also think about what are you going to have in the rest of the environment because one thing that I teach as well is that it's as important and sometimes even more important what you exclude out of your composition than what you include. So you've got to think about What are the elements that I'm excluding so that I can make sure that people are looking at this plate of food and they're going, wow, I want to contact this chef or they're looking at this product and going, wow, that product, I could see that in my room or something like that. It's the visual thinking brain that needs to start to get activated, I would say. And I think that's something that people don't think about so much is what not to put in. So like you say, if you're doing a plate of food, put it on a a nice clean plate, whether it be white or dark, depending on what you're trying to showcase. But don't then have a bright coloured tablecloth behind it or a tea towel or something on the side because it's distracting and your eyes do tend to wander over and go, oh, that dish shouldn't have a fork, it should have a spoon. And suddenly you've forgotten completely what was inside the dish. Correct, correct. Now, if one quick tip for, for listeners, if you do have an image and it is distracting, but you really want to post this up, say it's a photo of your 
grandfather or a photo of something important to you and but you don't have any other photos of that and you want to post it up convert it to black and white because if it's already distracting color is going to distract the eye even more so when you convert it to black and white and if there's decent lighting in it the eye will be drawn to what's in the image the subjects and it won't be trying to work out the colors so that's another little tip Wonderful, the the contrast. And that would also make it contrasting, particularly if you're doing it on Instagram, because there is so many bright colours and doing it a yep. black and white occasionally would be quite different. Obviously, if you do them all black and white, then you're going to lose that contrast because you've now made the same as what you had with the colour. But um, I really like that. Okay, so we're thinking about our composition and we're thinking about making sure that things stand out. So what sort of subjects should we be looking at? Because obviously that the more that we can actually take photos of ourselves, the better, but nobody likes to be on camera. So how do we get over that? You can start softly into it. You can ease into it. So you can have photographs of you maybe working at the computer over your shoulder or maybe you working on your book if you're writing the book or if you're planning out your week, you can have shots take side on and behind. And in, in the professional photography I do, oftentimes that's some of the photographs that we include. And then also you working with clients. So if you're sitting there or if you're chatting to someone or if you're just wanting to, maybe you're a event coordinator and you want shots of you talking to people or maybe you're a coffee shop manager, you want shots of you interacting with clients, you know, set those shots up so that it's not just primarily on you. And then you can feel a little bit more at ease. Your shoulders start to come down a little bit more. You start to relax, take a few more breaths. Once you get comfortable with photographs around you, then you can start looking at getting photographs taken of you. And you can set that up yourself. You know, that was one of the things during lockdowns that I was able to talk to some clients, talk to some people and see how that they could continue to create content while people are at home from home. What are the things they can do? Can they go near a window? How can they position themselves? These are the things that you got to think about. I'd say ease into it because my job as a photographer is one part making sure I take stunning imagery, but a lot of it is managing human relations. It's really managing the emotions and connecting with the person. And, and the camera, if you're just so focused on the camera and the technical aspects, you lose the connection and you're, you're going to get a static image. So I usually have to pull the camera away from my face, draw in the person, ask them questions, get them to expose a little bit more of themselves. And then that's where you get that stunning portrait. Perfect. And I guess that burning question on everybody's lips is, are you ever in front of your own camera or are you always behind it? I am in front of it at times. One of the side projects I've been doing is, is a daily dose, daily Decide Your Destiny dose. So I've been getting in front of the camera every day and doing a five-minute vlog, which has really helped out my presentation skills. It's helped out a lot of different things. And I'll be honest, like everyone, no one enjoys having a, a machine right in front of their face. It's pretty daunting and it's hard to speak natural, you know, like you're speaking to a human. But over time, you start with visualizing that there's someone behind the camera and then that helps you out a little bit. And then you just think about what's the biggest reason I'm doing this? Okay, you know, I'm doing this to impact lives or I'm doing this to get my message out there in some way. And then you focus on that. And then so you look through the lens and you convince yourself in your brain that you're speaking to people out there in the world and it's going to connect with someone's heart and soul, hopefully. So I guess that's the perfect segue. Is there difference between taking still photos and video? And where should we be looking when we're taking it, particularly selfies? You see some people do it incredibly well and other people make a total botch. So on our smartphones, where should we be looking? One style of photograph that works well is looking into the distance, but it can go horribly wrong. Like you can look a bit like a schmuck, so you've got to be careful of how you do it. So looking into the distance and looking over or looking at someone, the best way to do it is if you're actually communicating with someone because your body, your expressions, everything's going to be quite natural. So you can look off to the distance, 
take a couple of photographs and then one of those could be a good photograph and it could be engaged in the moment. And then that's not as daunting as looking straight down the barrel and maybe for someone viewing your feed, they can see, okay, this person's maybe they're coaching, maybe they're speaking, maybe they're on Clubhouse talking, who knows what. That can really help. If you're looking straight down the barrel and you're doing a selfie, one of the big tips is remember that lens on the phone is a wide lens naturally. So if you're just, if you flip it around and you're just going to do a a wide lens, just like a selfie like that, so that you can see yourself while you're taking the photograph, that's going to be a wide lens. So pull that with your arm. So use your arm as like a selfie stick. So pull it far away from your face as possible, because what happens is when you bring a wide lens closer to your face, and especially for me, a Greek, it's going to accentuate that schnoz. (laughs) Most people don't want to accentuate that schnoz. So pull it away, away from your face as far as possible. Also, with the wide lens, another thing is if you have the subject on the edge of the lens, it's going to make them look 10 times bigger. So if you're doing bridal shots or anything like that and you're using a wide lens, make sure they are nowhere near the edge of that lens because it's just going to make them expand and you're going to get some threats. (laughs) (laughs) So because, of course, we're on audio, Kyle is gesturing well and showing us exactly where to put his arm on the absolute very length. So... Like he says, think of it as a selfie stick and reach that arm as far out as you can. And for us ladies, of course, that's going to reduce a few of those wisdom lines that um, we have. So if we're too close, all our wisdom lines will be very accentuated. So go as far away as possible. Exactly. And also raise it a little bit higher. You don't want to be really high because those typical Insta photos and looking tiny in the image, but raise it a little bit higher from perspective. So you're a little bit above eye line. And it brings down the shape of your jaw. Everything starts to look a little bit thinner, a little bit more toned, just a little bit by that perspective. If you bring, and you can take a few photos, see for yourself. The proof is in the pudding. Uh, do it yourself and you'll see if you raise a little bit lower than your head and take a few photos, you'll see how you can expand. That's very politically correct there, Carl, saying about yes. how we'll all look a little bit toned instead of saying that you can't see our double chins. So keep it as far out as you can, up over your shoulder, over eyeline, and that should help to reduce your double chins. And, of course, yes. these days we have the advantage of we can take multiple shots. Back in the day when I got my first camera, now I am showing my age, it was all you had to send the photos away. And you would have either a 8, a 16 or a 32 and you would take the perfect shot and if you got one or two out of those multiple ones and they were very expensive in the day, so you were looking at a couple of dollars a shot and then if you only got one out of your 32, it was a lot of time spent before you actually click the button, whereas these days, of course, you can just click and click and click. And I find often when you ask somebody to take a photo for you, The girls will always do multiple shots. The guys always seem to do a single shot. So we always have to ask girls, if you're getting a guy to do it, say, can you take multiple photos, please? Not a single photo. And especially for group photos, because you always get someone who is blinking or looking the other way or giving directions in the middle of your group. So it can be rather off-putting if we've had a single photo taken. So maybe that's another tip we need to be looking at is doing multiple photos so that you do have ones to choose from. 100%. And I think you're right. I know girls in my life and, and, and boys in my life. And I know for girls, it's going to take multiple or they're really going to finesse over the shot to make sure that they can get the right image. 
Where for myself, maybe if it's something that I need to put on a story real quickly or something, I'll go, oh, look, you know, she'll be right. We'll just chuck that one up. I think that's why. So I think that's why it's important to take multiple photographs. And when you've got the option to as well. Uh, and I, I definitely know, notice my partner, she'll take multiple or she, she'll look at a few where I'll just be like, oh, what's the main end result with this? But she's also an artist and she's a graphic designer. So, so there you go. But yeah, I think, I think take multiple, especially if it's a group, always take multiple because one of them, you're going to get multiple blinkers. Also, with the phone, you're not going to notice this as much because unless you get into the pro settings. But when you go low light, so if you're shooting photographs at night or low light, the camera is naturally going to choose a lower shutter speed. And what happens with a lower shutter speed is you're more likely to get more blinks because it's taking a longer time for that shutter to close. So in between that shutter closing, people are blinking more likely in between that, especially at night, take multiple shots. In the day, it's going to choose a higher shutter speed like 1 125th, 1 250th, 1 500th of a second in the sun and it's going to take that image real quick. So it's going to be quite easy to make sure we don't have any blinkers. So if we can, look at the lighting as well and make sure that we do have as good a lighting as we possibly can except for if we're trying to do those mood shots but then remember to keep our eyes open so that we're not blinking if at all possible. So what do you think is the one thing that people do wrong with most of their photos when they're trying to take it on the phone? I'd probably say the number one thing that I see all over Instagram is perspective, the lack of changing their perspective. I think that's the biggest issue. People have this inability to change their perspective or they're just, uh, just a quick photo and maybe they're a bit lazy or, or, or they just don't know what they're doing, which I totally understand. For me, perspective can totally change an image. If you're shooting a photograph, a lot of people are going to shoot photographs of their little kids you know, on their first birthday or with a cute outfit or maybe their little puppy, something like that. If you just shoot it from your eye and you're taller, it's just going to look like a pretty average photo sometimes and kind of be a bit cute. But if you get down on the ground, get on your belly, just lay down there for a little while, get your camera set up, get your elbows planted into the ground and just get the composition set up and take a few photos that's where you're going to get images and for a while I was shooting kids birthdays and that's where some of my clients were saying oh you know you captured the soul and the essence of Mara because she was like so happy and joyful that day and yeah of course you did because you're able to get down on the ground and see their eye perspective and, and get into their world so I think that's the biggest thing that I find people struggle and also you change your perspective you get high for certain things if you've got products if you try and change your perspective I think that's the number one thing that I see as a letdown in images that's great because we don't often think of that. We, we just walk around at our normal height and remembering, of course, that some people are taller than us, some people are shorter than us, and some people are actually sitting down when they're seeing those sort of things. Multiple different views on different images and perspectives is a um, really good way to go. Okay, so what would our final tip be for people thinking about taking either video or still photo from their smartphones? think about your photo and your video it's telling a story at the end of the day so you're going to put a caption there you're going to write a bit of copy and, and that's going to tell a story but you now what is your image telling a story of and, and your image can tell a story if you if you're cutting something off at the uh, at the edge of the the frame i always remember this there's this meme and, and it's, it's got something about it's very interesting and it's these two people and this reporter holding this microphone and then it's cut off at the edges. You see a bigger square and then it's actually someone holding a knife to someone else. And it's, it's quite interesting. And I've seen that used a few different ways. And it's kind of showing how this is what is included and this is the story that's told. And then this is also what's included. And this, think about what story you're telling your images. You know, what is the message? What's the core message? What are you trying to accentuate? If I was trying to accentuate a big Greek schnoz, I'd bring that selfie camera right up into my face. <laughs> I look not, not a great example and 
Sorry to all my Greek uh, brothers and sisters out there. You got to think about what what are you trying to you know point out in the image? You know, so really start to investigate. Okay, why am I taking this image? And Simon Sinek, why is a great thing? And asking yourself multiple whys is great to get to the core reason. Okay, so if I'm shooting this image of I want people to see that our gym facilitates elderly people, maybe I actually don't want the young, good-looking model. Maybe I actually want to get an elderly person in and show how we care and we look after that elderly person in our gym. There's some of the ways that you can, like, I guess, start to think about what are we trying to tell in our image or video. Of course, age is all relative. They say that an elderly person is 15 years older than you are. So an elderly person (laughs) could be relatively young to very old. My grandmother was, she lived into her 100th year and she was always complaining about the oldies. And generally, the oldies were actually 20 or 30 years younger than she was. So, yes, Mm. a lot of us don't like to be called elderly. So, you might want to change that perspective around as well. So Yes. And especially if they're going to the gym, they're going to feel that they're young at heart. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they probably are younger at heart than, than some of the 30-year-old 30, 30 people are caught up in the minutia. Look, I think uh, I'd say the people that have had more spins on this earth. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we could get into a very politically correct conversation here, so I think we'll leave it at that. So, um, Carl, if people like the way that you're telling people that you teach and how to do different things with photography and that sort of thing, I believe that you have a course available. Yes, correct. I've got a course available and it's basically standing out online with professional looking content you captured and created with just your phone. The course is on my website and it's on my Facebook and and Instagram and different sort of things. But the main premise of that course is to save the person thousands of hours and dollars so that I can show them how to take professional photographs and take photographs like a professional, whether that's for their business, whether that's for their family, whether that's for you know, anything that they're trying to do just to make sure that I'm really helping them along the way. And a part of that, we created a community where everyone can post some of their photographs that they feel comfortable with, where they can kind of engage with each other and give each other tips and help each other out. So, so that's something I'm pretty excited about at the, at the moment. Fabulous. So tell everybody where they can get it and what your website's called. Soulgazingphotography.com. So that's my website. So that's where you can you can find the course and you can find some of my other work and I guess some of the other work that I've done over the years to see if I'm quality or not. And then from there, obviously, you can go go and have a look at the course. And yeah, we'd love to have you on a part of the course. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, now it's time for the final five. So I've got five questions for you, Kyle. Are you game? I'm game. Let's do it. All right. What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? Decide your destiny. The three words my grandfather told me one day when I was 18. One summer's sunny day, he told me that while sitting on the couch. Perfect. What is the biggest help that you have received since starting your business? Networking. Yeah, networking opportunities, the opportunity to meet people. Yeah, that's definitely been the biggest help. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable? Reflect. Perfect. And that ties wonderfully into gratitude, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. What is your favourite business book and why? 
The book that probably got me into business books was End of Jobs by Taylor Pearson. There's a few different books, but I'll probably just talk about that one. I think one of the things about that is it goes through business industry, the main players, the main product that's sold, goes right back to kings and land and then priests and churches. And and it goes right through industry and it kind of ends up saying that now we're in the entrepreneurial area era and our services, like the value and the information and the expertise we can share. So I'll I'll share that, although I do have a few um, business books I do like. All right, you can have two. Give us another one as well. I really do like Grant Cardone's Sell or Be Sold. You know, he's got a very straight straight and narrow way and I, I'm, I'm sure many people would get offended <laughs> or, would, or would feel that, that he's a bit abrasive. But I, I prefer that sort of straight, straight and narrow, tell me how it is sort of stuff. And I think it's very true what he says in there and it really changes your mindset around like, are you sold on what you're you're doing, or are you are you invested in what you're doing? Because if you're not invested first in what you're doing, then how are you going to inspire other people to become invested in you? Yes, I think that's very true. If you're not passionate about why you're doing it, then maybe you should be looking at doing something else. And our final question is: What do you wish you have known when you started out in business? Probably one of the things that I, I wish I knew early on was. To think about the client or think about the value that you're providing and be very focused on that. I think right now, how I operate, I'm very focused on that. And you got to be careful like in that way because you can maybe just give, give everything away. Like you've got to be careful. You've got to look after yourself as well. But I think being focused on what's the problems that they have and what are the solutions that my expertise has that can help solve those problems for them. I think probably you get caught up in the business, you get caught up in your expertise, you, know, you get caught up in the minutiae, you get caught up in the whole the aura of business and, oh, I'm a business man. But you kind of, you forget, hey, how's business lasted for, you know, millennia? It's basically, you have a problem, I've got a solution. And making sure that there's an ethical way of solving that solution. And I think that's where people go wrong. Sometimes they just think it's a transaction, but you really do need to look at the value you're giving and the problems that you're solving. Because now, of course, with the global society that we live in, people can get photos taken all over the world and all over the place and many other photographers. But why would they choose you? And it's the same as all industries. Why would they choose me? You just need to think about the value and how you can solve a specific problem for a specific person before you try to solve it for the world. Excellent. So wrapping up, we should take multiple photos. We should be as far away from our face as possible, up above our shoulder and over our eye height if we can. We should think about the shutter speed. So looking at the light, if it's uh, a low light, obviously the shutters are going to stay open much longer. So more chance of blinking. So be aware of that. And also perspective. Don't take all your photos at the same height. Think about getting down on the ground or higher up. Is that a good wrap up of what we've talked about, Kyle? Kathy, that is excellent. Full marks to you. Well done. Active listening. Not just yes. listening to, to have my turn. So there you go. And would you like to say anything else to finish off with? Yeah, I'd just like to say thank you and expressing gratitude and grateful that, that you've given me the space to share some of my knowledge. And yeah, I, I guess the other thing I would say is, which is probably related to things that I do that are a bit different, but is just brace every heartbeat. I'd say embrace every heartbeat that you have on this earth. I think it's very easy to get caught up in the minutiae and doom and gloom and apathy and struggle or too hard and, and, and go down that path. And I think we all can go down that path. And it's really important to lift yourself out of that and go, hang on a minute, every heartbeat here is a gift. You know, what am I doing with this gift? How am I adding value to my life and the lives of others? I think that would be my last message. 
Perfect. And I think that's a great message to end on that we all have a place and we're all here for a reason and enjoy it because as we've seen in the last 18 months or so, we just don't know what's going to happen. Look after your loved ones and look after yourself and make sure that you are enjoying each and every moment that you do have. So thank you so much, Kyle. So we will put your website and everything in the show notes. So if you're looking for Kyle, it's soulgazingphotography.com or drop onto the show notes and check out all his links. So once again, thanks for your time, Kyle. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.